You're listening to episode 18 of a brand new rebranded podcast. This is Grace on Fire. Join your virtual pastor as he offers insight and inspiration into topics we all face. Be empowered. Gain confidence with God's grace so you can face life's most challenging problems. When you integrate faith in every aspect of your life, you can live an extraordinary one for a higher purpose. And now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan G. Smith. And hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's so great to be with you. And this is the very first episode, the episode of my brand new show called Grace on Fire Podcast. I was going to call it Podcast on Fire. I totally blew that intro. How is it possible that you can blow an intro? Well, let's just get past that. It is so good to be back here with you today, especially after last week's podcast, which uh, was the last podcast of In the City, and uh, but featured that wonderful interview with Dr. Scott Livingston. Go check out episode 17, super good, but so much to share with you. As I said in episode 16, that this show was going to change, and today is the day, launching Grace on Fire, the inaugural episode, episode Episode 18 of Grace on Fire. And I'm today's show is essentially all about God's grace and what I believe is essential to understanding how you can live a life of higher purpose. And a lot of things have happened this this uh, summer that has made me realize just how important understanding God's redemptive grace, that is the God's power to change and transform your life. And it's not just about changing and transforming your life, but it's also living into that life, that incredible life of vision, that incredible life of purpose, that incredible life where you are are looking at yourself through the lens of God's eyes, and it all, I believe, works through understanding this powerful concept of God's grace. So we're going to get into this today. Of course, as always, we have uh, a theology on the street. We're going to get into that in just a moment. I have a cool life hack for you, and then we're going to get into the feature presentation. So excited to be here. Let's get into this. Connecting deep truth for everyday life. This is Theology on the Street. So let me ask you a question here. You know, this is about theology on the street. And in this segment, what I want to do is I want to really dive in and tackle deep into the theology and what is theology? Well, theology is just the study of God. That's what it is. And it is really knowing God. It's understanding how we come to the knowledge of God. That's a really kind of profound statement. But what is the knowledge of God? And so many times I think that we approach our knowledge of God just basically by, you know, I kind of have a hunch of what I think. Well, you know, well, what I think is, and if you've ever had one of those religious conversations with people, it always is interesting because, you know, say, so, you know, so, well, I think God is this. Well, I think God is that. Well, I think God is this. And in two, two episodes ago, in episode 16, I introduced the idea that one of the ways that we can have concrete ideas or concrete views is through a confession. And that is that a confession is a statement uh, of a propositions of, of church doctrine. And actually, it those doctrines are essentially laying out the doctrines of whatever particular church that you belong to, whatever that confession is. And so now what I want to do is sort of take that to a next step. 
and introduced this idea of a catechism. Now, I talked about a catechism a couple episodes ago, and what I said what catechism was, was that a catechism was that all-important document that it, 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 it's a question and answer format, and there's a question and then it asks you what you believe, and then there's a response. And, and the really the cool thing about a catechism and why I'm really hip on catechisms and why I hope you are too, and, and where you would see the strength of this, is that it puts out like, well, what is it that you believe? And then it answers it for you. And what these catechisms were designed to do was desi- they were designed to create a conversational, a conversational style of of expressing and teaching um, belief or doctrine. And so, let me just introduce you to the st- uh, strength. There's one out there that I really like. It's the, called the Heidelberg Catechism. And th- and you've never read this. This this is such a very this is such a cool cool catechism. It was actually uh, done by the Dutch Church. So listen to the question. All right, here it is. Question number one. Ready? What is your only comfort in life and in death? Now think about that question for just a moment. How many of us, we, we go and we try to find different kinds of comforts out there. We, you know, we, we look for something, essentially a comfort is something that comforts us. And the truth is, is that whether it's, you know, sex or alcohol or or relationships or something else video games we look for all kinds of comforts because in general we experience a great amount of pain to a greater or lesser degree depending on your circumstances and so right off from the very beginning this catechism starts right with the human condition which is our pain listen to how they respond it's so cool The answer is this, that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen to that relationship there, that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, what it's saying is is that the only comfort that we really have in this life is through a relationship with Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I find incredible comfort. And you say, well, Jonathan, that's great. You know, that, that's just staying what I already believe. Yes, but let me just ask you a question. Where else can you find that statement written down? And where would you look? You see, this is the strength of understanding what a catechism does, is it's teaching you something. And it's also where you can take somebody legitimately and say, well, you know, you always talk about a relationship with Jesus. Well, what is that actually? And you can take them right here to question number one of the Heidelberg Catechism. But it doesn't stop right there. Listen to this. It says, Jesus, or he, has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and he has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation, because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life, and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. 
Honestly, we could take this entire podcast and unpack this statement, but my my desire here this this today in this episode is not really to unpack the whole theology of what was written down in that paragraph, but really to show you a a perfect example of what a catechism does. It's teaching you. It's teaching you something in a in a small succinct statement, the deep deep rich truths of what it means to be a Christian and what it means uh, to be an evangelical, of what it means uh, to believe in Jesus Christ and what he's done. Listen, I love this one word, though. He has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. And that's incredible, the idea of our liberation. In, in this, whole, this whole podcast, the Grace on Fire show, this Grace on Fire is trying to wrestle with and understanding the radical liberty that we have in faith in Jesus Christ. It's not my idea. It comes straight from a catechism. It's coming from an ancient, it's coming from a 500-year-old doctrine. This is awesome. I love this stuff. But listen to this, okay? So here's another example of a catechism, and here's the following question to this catechism, all right? What must you know to live? This is question number two now. What must you know to live and die in the joy of this comfort? Are you ready? Notice this. To live and to die. Not just live or not just to die, but to live and die in this comfort. Here's the answer. Three things. First, how great my sin and misery are. Second, how I am set free from all my sins and misery. Third, how I am to thank God for such deliverance. Right here in these two questions is a a gospel-packed statement of liberty, of transformation, of living life with purpose, of living a life free from the bondage of shame and guilt. And I don't know about you, but that is something worth getting on fire about. I think it's incredible. What an incredible resource. So what I want to stress to you today is not so much the rich theology of what the catechism is doing, but to try to compel you that if you've never really thought about what a catechism does or why you should even consider looking at one, it's because it's a rich... It's a rich, rich, rich source of gospel truth that teaches us in simple statements. But these aren't simple statements, are they? These are profound statements. These are statements that have to get unpacked. And this is the whole purpose of this show, is to unpack these rich theological statements and to make them into, and to distill them down to things that we can do and live with and, and things that we can take with us on the street, on the street of life. You know, here's the one of the things that um, happened to me just recently. So my wife and I, we said, hey, you know, we, we had that great conversation and, you know, and this is what the conversation is. Uh, hey, what do you want to do for dinner? Uh, I don't know. I don't feel like cooking. Oh, man, I'm so tired. You want to go do chilies? Yeah, sort of. So we pick up the app and I pull up the app and uh, I look up and then, you know, we go through the whole process in the checkout. And I'm like, OK, honey, so I'm going to go uh, to Chili's. Now, here's the deal. It was Friday night. Now, if you know you go to a restaurant on Friday night anywhere It's going to be packed, right? It's going to be packed. And so I pull up into the parking lot and um, the, of course, I pull up there and both takeout spots are full. And, you know, 
I, I walked up there. There was, no, there was only one person at the counter, but there's two cars. So somebody parked in that other. And I don't want to get into that rant for just a minute. But anyways, so I had to park way out and it started to rain and so, or drizzle. So I'm like, oh man. So I'm walking and I noticed that there was a group of ladies. There's probably five or six ladies. And these five or six ladies are there talking. And all of a sudden I hear this one lady talking and I can't tell you how many times she used a a, a profane word. She used profanity. She dropped the F-bomb, the B-bomb. I mean, there was a B-bomb. There was obviously a B-bomb in her life because the B-bomb was just blowing up and she was dropping the F-bomb. I was like, wow, woo, she's got some language. And then it hit me and I went back to my wife that day and I said, man, you know, I said to her, I said, interestingly enough, I said, how do we communicate deep gospel truth to a person like that? How do we, how do we do that? How do we speak street? Because here I am literally walking on a street. I'm literally walking by this group of ladies and she's just dropping the F-bomb over and over and over again. And I, I think what happens, and this is something that happens uh, to many Christians, is we learn a language and it's called Christianese. And we have to figure out a way to speak street again. And so, you know, one of the things that I hope to do on Gospel on Fire is to, is to learn to speak street, to take these incredible truths, to take this, this doctrine of what is my only comfort in life and in death? And, you know, and what, 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 what must we know to, to live and die in the joy of this comfort? What do we, what do we gotta do? And the only way that we can really do that is we really begin to flesh this out. And one of the ways that we have to flesh this out is we first need to understand what it is that we actually believe. And I think that one of the things and one of the tools that we have, again, this is just a tool. This is not the Bible. It's just a tool that helps us understand theology and begin to take that theology, that rich understanding of God onto the street. And now for Smitty's Life Hack Tip of the Week. Speaking of the street, I got to tell you this, this summer has been a whole, whole, whole journey on my life. So what have I been up to? Well, this about four months ago, I decided to make a pretty radical uh, change in my life. And one of the radical changes that I made was that I said, you know, I've got to drop between 40 and 50 pounds. Yeah. Now, and here's the real thing. I have been overweight most of my life. In fact, uh, going back even into my childhood, I've always carried around a bunch of weight. In my teenage years, uh, by the time I was a senior in high school, I had really ballooned. Now, I'm not a tall guy. I'm five foot eight, uh, probably five foot seven, really. I, I really haven't measured myself in quite a long time. Um, but I'm around five seven, five eight. I'm a short guy, and uh, but I weighed 225 pounds earlier uh, this year. Now, for all of you who are listening, and if you know weight, to weigh 225 pounds and to be about five foot seven, you're you're you know you're you're carrying around a little bit of weight. And when I was in a senior in high school, I had actually bloomed up to about 235 pounds. And over the years, my weight has fluctuated back and forth, but I've always seemed to be around this 220 to 230 range. But at the beginning of this year, I got to tell you, it, it was a tough, tough year. My my anxiety levels were high. I was I was stressful. I was feeling I was just feeling run down. 
And I realized something. I, I said, you know, for for years now, and I, I went to graduate school a long time, seminary, graduate school, postgraduate school, uh, got a bunch of education. And one of the things that I did through that whole process was I neglected my body. I had actually, uh, my weight had actually gotten down to about 189 at one point, And I was feeling pretty good. Still a bit chubby, but was feeling pretty good. And then after my children were born, and then I went to graduate school, left my career, I ended up sitting a long time. And then after that, uh, after graduating, I ended up becoming a, a dean at a seminary. And then, of course, I was sitting even more. And, uh, you know, I was just lethargic. And so then I became a pastor. I'm still carrying all this weight around. And I just finally said, you know, I don't feel good. I don't like this. And so I said, doggone it, I have to make a change. I have to do something different. And so this brings my life hack tip of the week to you. So I, I begin to change my diet. I said, I'm going to focus on my diet first. So I focused on my diet. And then a couple of weeks ago, I just really hit sort of a, a, a stalling out. And I said, you know, I've been exercising, walking essentially, but I need to kick it up a notch. And so here it is. Here's my life hack tip of the week. And that is called Running for Weight Loss. This is a cool app that I have used uh, on my iPhone. And this app, it, it does, it's basically an interval training running program. Now, I'm a big tech guy, I love apps. And this is an iPhone app that I use. I mean, let me just tell you a little bit about this app. First of all, I love it because at the end of the app, at the end of the training that you do, and they're about 35 to 40 minutes, at the end of the training, you can actually share your results to Facebook and Twitter and social media. And I love that part because the only reason why I do it is to uh, hold myself accountable. And I need the encouragement. I need the rah-rah. So if you listen and you know what I'm doing there, I need the rah-rahs. I need the encouragement. It's super important for me. I don't do it because I'm a narcissist or, or I'm bragging. Listen, there's nothing. One of the hashtags that I did, this is funny. One of the hashtags I did was run fat boy run. It was hashtag run fat boy run. And then I added another one, tra hashtag train with fatso. And I love that because I got all these likes and, and laughs. And that's the truth. I mean, it's the truth. I mean... You know, that, that, and then I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But anyways, I love the fact that you can train, that you can give your results. But 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 aside from that, there's so much more. So there's five different training plans: um, running for weight loss, walking for weight loss, start running training, 5K training, 10K training. The one I'm doing right now is the running for weight loss, and and it's terrific. It's really hard. Uh, it's taking me completely out of my comfort zone, but. Um, it's just a cool app. Now, one of the things that I love about this app, and I have actually done other apps, running apps in the past, but what I love about this app is that um, you pay for it. It's 10 bucks a month, and no, I don't get any income for this, so this is just free publicity. Um, but one of the things I love about this, this app is that uh, it has some pretty cool music on it. And so it's called Running for Weight Loss. You can go into the app store, check it out. I'll have a link on my site for it. Um, but I gotta tell you, it has been a great, great app. And I'm having a lot of fun with it now. And you know, we'll see. We'll see if I can stick with it or not. And now it's time for our feature presentation. And that kind of brings us here to the presentation of the day. And that is, what is grace on fire? And why did I go with, why did I change it? All right, so here is 
one of the most important things that you need to know about Grace on Fire. And that is this. I am such a believer in the redemptive message of God's grace being completely a gift. We don't deserve it. There's nothing about it that we we deserve. It's all God's grace, his forgiveness, and I am uh, uh, and I believe with all my heart that there's nothing that we can bring to the table because it is a gift from God. And if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. And Grace on Fire is really trying to wrestle through the implications of that statement, of wrestling through with God's grace and realizing that for broken and miserable world, that God's grace is in a message that is a message of hope and transformation. And you know what? I realized something this uh, this summer. I realized something that This is my core message, and so I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about the core message that I believe that God has given me. You know, over the years ago, years and years and years ago, um, I was listening to uh, a lecture by a seminary professor, and this professor, he was really talking about his journey in God's grace. Now, I loved how he set this up. He was really, he was actually talking about uh, Luke 7, and Luke 7 is the story of the sinful woman, and it, it is a touching and precious story because essentially what this precious story is, is it is God, it is how this woman came to the feet of Jesus, and she's uh, washing his feet, and he's and she's anointing his feet and and she's really just in this act of brokenness and worship and and as my professor was teaching the story he said this woman had experienced so much shame in her life and she's responding to to love and and, the, and she's loving Jesus out of the redemption that she experienced and he goes on to tell this remarkable story how he went to this conference it was a it was a like a friday night worship conference with dennis jernigan and dennis jernigan if you don't know his story he's a man who uh lived in a gay lifestyle for for many years and then god saved him out of that lifestyle he eventually marries he has lots and lots and lots of children and uh, he writes beautiful worship songs. They're songs that I remember uh, as a kid singing, and there's there's songs that I sing today. And in this incredible story that he has. And anyways, he he he's sharing how he goes to this Dennis Jernigan, Dennis Jernigan concert. Now he's a seminary professor. Okay, he's a Calvinist, and he's very serious, right? You know, because Calvinists were serious about God. And um, anyways, he goes to this charismatic revival and he sees all these people just worshiping and, and just loving on Jesus and, and these songs and he's just, they're singing and, and, they're, and they're praising, they're lifting their hands. And, and meanwhile, here's my seminary professor just sitting there looking at all of these people, wondering what is going on and, and he's just looking at them and, and he leaves and he walks away and he says, you know, what is it that they have? And, and 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 why don't I have that? And and he was so intrigued by what happened. The next night, he goes back 
to a second night because at the end of this concert, it was so powerful and there was such a move of the Holy Spirit. It was so powerful that he he tells the story that, that Dennis says, hey, I'm going to be here again the next night. So he goes back the next night. And in the middle of the worship, he's trying to get in. And he said, then all of a sudden, the God just broke him. It just just slew him. And, and, and he began to cry. And these tears were just wailing and falling down his face. And as these tears were just flowing down his face, all of this hurt and all of this brokenness, all of these things that had kept him from being and knowing God in a deep and more intimate way began to surface up and God just began to do this amazing healing in him. Did he become a charismatic? No, I wish he did, but he's about as charismatic as you can find in in terms of a Calvinist. But I tell you that story because when I was listening to that story, I was listening to that story just like you're listening to my voice because it was a distance course. And I remember driving around in my car one day and I was listening to this testimony and God used that incredible testimony in my own life to convict me of all of the hurt and pain and sorrow that I had that I was carrying around with me and I wanted to know God more. And so what that, what that wonderful professor did and what he shared with me was he shared how God's grace had opened up his life and had begun to reveal to him the hurt and the deep and the pain and the sin and all of the things that was keeping him from really truly and loving God and experiencing that redemption that even him, that God loved him. And that is what I have been trying to communicate. And I realized something this summer. I said, why my heart's passion more than anything is seeing lives transformed by the gospel of grace, by the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans 1.16 that the gospel is the power unto salvation. And I, I have been surrounded in my life by people, so many people that are broken and hurting. I've been surrounded by people who uh, are, are religious and they have religious spirits on them and I've been surrounded so much by this and I've realized something at, at that that even at times in my own life when there was a there was a staleness that there was a a, a a time when I felt distanced from God I didn't I wasn't particularly feeling evil I wasn't you know going out and living a life of, of you know some kind of reprobate but there was just nothing there. There was just nothing there. And I realized that in my own arrogance and thinking that I knew everything or had all the right answers uh, or, you know, I, 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 there was just something of a staleness and, and I was longing for God and I was longing for his grace. And as I began to confess my own sins and my own brokenness and to fully understand that there was, there was nothing that I could do to earn God's grace, but here was the, here's the key thing to remember. There's nothing I have to do. God loves me right where I'm at. He loves me even in the midst of my darkest sins. Even in the midst of my brokenness, even in the midst of the things that my 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 deepest and darkest failings in life. Even in the deepest and the darkest moments of where I think, oh man, I blew it. 
I absolutely blew it. Even in those moments, God's grace overcomes even what I think is overcomable. That's a powerful message. It's a powerful message. Is it a message for everyone? Sure it is. Is it a message that everyone's going to receive? Absolutely not. Because here is the thing. It's just like that catechism. What is my only comfort in life and death? And it started off with recognizing your misery and the need for a savior. It's interesting to me, and, 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 I, and, I, and this is what Grace on Fire is all about. Part of the problem with being a religious person is that we actually think we figured it out. Part of the problem with being raised in the church is we actually think that we know what God's grace is. Part of the problem with going around and being around church people is that we're just simply not honest. It's not that we're necessarily hypocrites, we're just not honest. We don't want to share the fact that, oh, yeah, we, we're, we're probably, uh, you know, if we had a hierarchy of sanctification, I'm probably a little bit lower. I'm a, I'm a lower. I'm a lower on the totem pole than some others. You know, I haven't arrived at that wonderful place of sinless perfection as some of my peers have. Uh, what is Ethel going to think of me? You know, think about the religious spirits and think about that and think about Jesus for just a moment. And, and as he is ministering to his disciples and he's teaching his disciples, when he was actually out confronting people, the people that he disliked the most, I don't know if you, if you ever picked up on this or not. It's interesting. The people he disliked the most were the Pharisees. And that translates in our modern times, it translates actually, most of the time, it translates as our church people. Man, I hate that. I hate the fact that very often I'm more like a Pharisee or a scribe than I really am a disciple. I really, really, really can't stand that about myself and I go back and I need I realize that even as a Pharisee God's grace still applies and one of the things that that does is it sort of tempers our judgment doesn't it it sort of tempers it sort of allows us to say hey you know whether you're you know you struggle with same-sex attraction or drug addiction or maybe you're just codependent or, or maybe you're just a, a jerk Pharisee Whatever it is, God's grace still covers that. And, and, and here is the correlation now. Here, here is the most important thing about understanding God's grace. It actually liberates you. It actually liberates. When you understand what God's sovereignty and God's grace means, when you understand the liberation that comes, that no matter what you do or say, that no matter how bad you live, all of a sudden you actually are free because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, it, it, it's transforming. It's a life of purpose. It's in a life of abundance. And so at the beginning of August, and, and this kind of leads me to why I rebranded the, the, the show, 
at the beginning of August, I wrote to Cliff Ravenscraft, who's uh, the podcast answer man. I said, Cliff, you know, I really need your help with my podcast. He said, what's the name of your podcast? I said, it's in the city. And he said, John, and he said, well, what's it about? And I told him, he said, I would not have gotten your description of why you're doing podcasting from the title. He said, you need to work on the title. And he challenged me. And so this was a really cool tool that he gave me. And this is what he said. It's a four-part, it's a four-part um, diagnostic. And it actually comes from Michael Hyatt. So you can go over to michaelhyatt.com. I think he's got, uh, like, it's called Map Your Message or something. But it's four simple things. And it's broken down this way. Number one, I am. Number two, I help. Number three, I do or understand. Or number four, so that they can. And so after working through this with them, I came up with this title and this description for Grace on Fire. Are you ready? All right, here it is. Grace on Fire is a gospel-inspired podcast empowering Christian men and women to apply God's grace to life's most challenging problems. The goal? To live an extraordinary life for a higher purpose. And I really do mean that. I really do mean that. When you are gospel-inspired, when you realize the incredible message that we as Christians have in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we realize and we learn how to apply that to all aspects of our lives, not just a get-out-of-hell-free card, but a true life and liberating uh, understanding of how God's love interacts with your life, it will cause you to have an extraordinary life. You can have extraordinary relationships. You can have an extraordinary job. You can have a job where you are living in a higher purpose because of your understanding of God's grace. You know, I added that in for a higher purpose after I had lunch with a guy who was telling me about his job, and he was a guy that I that I ministered to. He was, he was a man coming uh, out of a uh, lifestyle, uh, um, a gay lifestyle, and, and he said, you know, I think I'm made for more. I think I, I have a higher purpose. And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because you're a child of God. And so... We talked a great deal about it, but I realized that sometimes there's a disconnect between understanding God's grace as well as understanding God's purpose. You need to understand this. This is critical now. God has given you his grace because he has given you his purpose. He didn't just like set you free and then say, okay, yeah, all right, you're in. Great. Glad to have you. No, 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 no. God has given you his grace because you are a royal priest in his kingdom. Let me say that again. God has given you grace because you are a royal priest in his kingdom. You have a purpose, a high purpose, to lead and worship of the Almighty God. And how do we worship the Almighty God? Well, I love it this way. I love the way Paul says it. Do everything to the glory of God. And so much of that means that no matter if we're podcasting or we're delivering mail or we're working in credit card processing services or we're taking care of children or we're trying to raise our families or we're working at a gym or we're a financial advisor. Heck, even if we're a preacher, we do everything to the glory of God. Why? Because we are priests in his kingdom. 
Let me tell you, that should get you excited and fired up. It gets me excited and fired up. I am excited about that. You are a priest in his kingdom, a priest of the almighty and powerful God. And let me tell you, beloved, that should fire you up. It fires me up. And so just wrapping this up, I just have to tell you, this is what grace and fire, this is what grace and fire is. It's a show that's dedicated to equipping you with the knowledge and the skills and the strength and the understanding of what you need to be effective in God's kingdom because you are a priest. Thank you for listening to Grace on Fire, a Verve Creative production. For show notes, updates, and more, visit jonathangsmith.com slash graceonfire.